I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Tiger Woods, he beat the win and his two playing partners, Jordan Spieth and Henrik Stenson, fires a one under 71. First round of the Valspar Championship. I was there fighting the crowds. Can Tiger win this week? I'll have a lot about the Valspar and Tiger Woods. Fitzmagic is back in Tampa Bay. Why the Bucks signed Ryan Fitzpatrick as their backup quarterback to Jameis Winston once again. And your Tampa Bay Lightning, they don't need overtime this time to beat the New York Rangers 5-3. to three. Wondering, however, is it time to risk the goaltender, Andre Vasilevsky? All that and more in this episode of Sports Day Tampa Bay. Hello, everyone. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. Let me just say that uh, I was out at the Valspar today, and I've I've gone to this tournament uh, probably I would I would say at least a round or two the last four or five years. Steve, when I tell you I've never seen anything like this, I have never seen anything like this. Tiger it is it is unfathomable. I mean, there's there's a good there's a good amount of room out there at Valspar. I mean, you've got you know a wide track, you've got the pine trees and. You know, lots of areas that you can kind of, you would think, can kind of manage your way outside the ropes along the course. Not today. Not today. It was it was a herd of cattle everywhere you went. And this is and Thursday. I mean, this, is thir- not, this isn't Saturday, Sunday. This is Thursday. It was the first freaking round. The first tee. I've never seen anything like it. And and like I said, I mean, it's it was it's a big-time field, and you had not just Tiger, but he was teeing off with Jordan Spieth and Stenson. But... My goodness, and for the middle of the week, I can I cannot fathom if Tiger is in contention and he and he shot like I said he shot a one under seventy one today, um, and he's just three shots back of the lead. But I can't imagine if he's in contention come Saturday and Sunday what those weekend crowds will be like. They're gonna I, they're they're just not you're not gonna be able to move. I mean you're just not. And I I also. Can't, you could never prove this, but Spieth had kind of talked about, you know, the phenomenon. And, and I think Rory McIlroy talked about how, you know, if, you know, because of the crowds and, you know, playing with Tiger, it's like uh, minus two strokes for you. I actually think some of that might, might have gotten to speed. Now, the biggest thing today were the winds. Uh, it, it was howling out there at times. And the weird thing is you never knew what direction it was coming from. And it might be blowing in one direction, you know, at eye level, but once once the ball got up in the air, it just took off. Um, so those guys, in addition to what is a very difficult course anyway, it's a it's you know really a ball striker's course. You can't you can't miss many fairways and be in the rough and and expect to score very well. Um, today was particularly harsh, and I almost I almost felt sorry. These guys could not they couldn't choose a club. I mean, it was very hard to, to dial in the distance when you don't know where the ball is going. I was, I was, <laughs> I went ahead. At one point, I decided, screw it. I'm going to try to go in front of these guys because there's no way I could walk with them. And so I, I, at the par four, I think it's a, or, or, or the fourth hole, it's a par three. And um, so I was sort of 
on the back end of the uh, of the green there, and Woods was hitting, and this ball, had I been five feet to my right, would have hit me on the fly. He flew the green on a par three. I don't know what he hit, whether it was a seven iron or what or an eight iron. What he hit, this thing got up in the air, and I've never seen a guy hit a ball here because they have a um, what's kind of like a hospitality tent that people rent out. Like we used to go there. My friend worked for Anheuser Busch, and on Saturdays they take that tent. Anyway, long story short, I I have seen countless, you know, threesomes come through there. And I've never seen somebody airmail the entire green and buy a lot and knock it into the pine trees, into the pine straw back there. And the ball was sitting about two feet off off a uh, off a pine tree, and he kind of had to get behind behind the tree, behind the ball, and just fortunately for him, at, at that spot, all he wanted to do is chip it up on the green. And so he, he punched it, and he actually left it, you know, sort of on the fringe. He didn't hit it very well to get it back down on the green. He saved. He managed to, to uh, not save par, but he managed to bogey, which was good from where he was. Um, but, you know, it, it's, it was so hard to control just the distance. And Jordan Spieth was – he was all over the place. They both went off, and, you know, they had a great start. They both birdied number one. But it was kind of back and forth, and, and Stenson never really did get it going. I don't, I don't even know if he had a birdie in the first round, to be honest with you. But, um, you know, Tiger, Tiger is still – he hit the ball very, very well, and he he took some healthy cuts at it too. Um, but he's still the best scramble golfer. To watch him get out of trouble is phenomenal, and you know he he did it all day. What this this shot he made? I, we they go to sixteen, and he hits another one. You know into into the pines, and this time the ball is in a place where he wants to take a full swing and try to punch it down in the fairway and get it up on the green if he can. But there's just no way you can take a full swing without racking your your club or your hand around a pine tree. It's just too close. And kind of saw a practice swing. It's like, no, this guy, he's actually going to try to hit this thing. And sure enough, man, he he takes a cut at it. And he's trying to move people to the point where it's like, okay, they're out of the way. Like, why is he still trying to move people? Well, he's trying to move them because he was pretty sure that there was a chance that he was going to rack the shaft around that around that tree and that and you know the club head might come flying off of it and nail somebody. So sure enough, man, he takes his full swing and I I'm surprised he didn't get injured because I'm thinking, you know, I he might have broken his wrist because he smashed his hand in the club, which he released um after the swing up against this pine tree and but the ball went, you know, flying right towards the green. So it was it was an amazing round. I mean, he you know he was two he was two under at one point. He was in third place. Then he went bogey bogey, and then the shot he hits on seventeen. I mean, he it's it was the shot of the day in a par three. He knocks it within almost hold the thing. I mean, literally almost hold it. Knocked it within a foot and a half uh, for birdie. So he finishes one under in blustery conditions, and it was cold too. You know, it wasn't it wasn't the kind of Florida day where the wind might be blowing, but you're okay. It was actually very chilly. I mean, those guys wore sweaters and you know turtlenecks in some cases. Um, but four back of uh, a first year PGA Tour player, Corey Connors, who just qualified for this tournament on Monday, um, he walked off and uh, found out that uh, that he had he had made it. Um, so. Interesting uh, first day out there. I I enjoyed the heck out of it. It's just 
and the other part of this is it, it's it because it's there's so many hills and it's you know you're up and down and and uh walking 10 holes of course he walked 18 it's it's a strenuous exercise i mean this is not your typical flat you know sand and water type florida course it's just really hard so you mix that with this giant crowd and you know it makes for a kind of a kind of an exhausting day which is what i had but what a start hey if tiger woods plays four rounds like he did today and he's like i said and he's in contention again and this would be you know his third or fourth tournament this year if he can hold up physically and there were times where you know he would get down in a crouch and you could see that I mean, he 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 kind of he kind of moves like he's much older than whatever he is, forty two, forty one. Um, you can tell, but after after you know spinal fusion surgery, but he doesn't. He's not letting up on the swing. His short game's as good as it's ever been. He putted the ball very well today, I thought. And my goodness, there's a chance that, and I didn't think that that I would say this that he might win another golf tournament. Let alone, I don't know that you know you'd ever pick him to win a major, um, but. You know, it's it's really it's a story, and it's happening right here in Tampa Bay. I mean, this might be sort of the relaunch of Tiger Woods as he's if he's able to compete and or you know get into contention on Sunday and win this thing. So Tiger and his boys Jordan Spieth and Henrik Stenson will continue on Friday. They tee off on the tenth tee at seven fifty six a.m. on Friday morning. So uh, if you want to get out there and uh, catch part of that, they'll be ready to go. It'll be another huge crowd, I'm sure, and uh, probably another blustery day as well. The Bucks, meanwhile, making a little bit of news of their own, and this happened uh, around 5 or 5.30, just about the time that Tiger was finishing up. They have signed Fitzmagic. Ryan Fitzpatrick is coming back as the backup quarterback, one of two, because remember they re-signed Ryan Griffin uh, to a one-year extension uh, last year after he got hurt, so... Essentially, your three quarterbacks from 2017 will be the same in 2018. And this was, a, I guess, not unexpected totally. Uh, I'd written about it at the NFL Combine. They, they talked about how much they liked Ryan Fitzpatrick and thought he did a really good job. And, of course, Fitzpatrick said after the season that he knows at this stage of his career that no, no one's going to grant him an opportunity to compete for a starting job. And he really liked it in Tampa, likes Jameis Winston. But he is 35 now. He did he did go two and one as a starter last year when Winston missed the three games with that uh, shoulder injury, and you know it, when he came in, I mean, quite frankly, I really thought that that Ryan Griffin was was going to win the job because they had no allegiance really to Fitzpatrick. I mean, it was one of those deals where, um, you know, they they wanted a veteran because well, because Griffin hadn't played at all. As it turns out, Griffin still hasn't played. He got hurt in the preseason at Cincinnati. They put him on PUP. They brought him back, and he never got in a game. It just didn't work out. But in the meantime, Fitzpatrick did have to play. Remember, he went in at Arizona in that game that they were trailing, I think, 31 to nothing or something about like that, and Jameis got hurt. And he ended up – they lost that game 38-33. actually had a remarkable second half. Uh, then he beats the Jets, beats Miami, finally loses to Atlanta team that was was just clearly better than the Bucks, but did a nice job I mean if you have a backup quarterback that can win two out of three games you really aren't going to ask for a whole lot more than that and last year hell he won almost as many games as Jameis did which was three so he's back and I guess the other part of it that that for me seems a little 
I don't know, odd is the word necessarily, but I really kind of expected them to at least wait until they saw which quarterbacks actually made it to free agency. I mean, they're really, it's a fertile backup quarterback market this year. When you consider that the Minnesota Vikings alone are dumping all three of their quarterbacks, Case Keenan included. And you might have, if you're the Buccaneers, you might have considered Case Keenum and tried to talk him into coming here simply so you wouldn't have to get your brains beat out by him wherever he goes next because he, he's a buck killer. He did it with the Rams when they were horrible, and, of course, he did it last year with Minnesota. Um, but I, I'm, you know, I'm fairly convinced that Kirk Cousins is going to end up in Minnesota, and, you know, that's probably why Teddy Bridgewater and Sam Bradford will be available. But there's other guys too, and Mike Glennon – being the name that was bandied about, at least, you know, in talking to the Bucks and others uh, around the NFL Combine, uh, because Glennon, after one year, is, is going to be released by Chicago. We found that out last week. Not a big surprise. They're going to go with Mitch Trubisky up there. Glennon got sort of railroaded out of his starting job fairly early. Didn't play particularly well, but it wasn't a very good offense either. And But he took his $18 million guaranteed after just one season in Chicago, and I think there's a natural belief that he'll want to go somewhere, even if they have a young quarterback again, that he can at least compete for the starting job rather than, you know, if he comes to Tampa Bay, you know you're sitting behind Jameis Winston. Even though this year is an even more important position for the Bucs at backup quarterback because Winston is under this investigation. Um, you know, the allegations by the female Uber driver in Arizona from March of 2016 – the league is looking into that. Winston has denied anything uh, happened. He's denied those allegations. He has, you know, Ronald Darby, a cornerback from the Philadelphia Eagles, that was his teammate with Florida State, said he was in the car in the back seat with Winston and that nothing occurred. And yet, as of I guess a few weeks ago, anyway, the NFL had not gotten around to talking to Jameis or Ronald Darby when I talked to him at the Super Bowl, anyway. So we don't know how long this thing could last. I mean, typically, whether it was Tom Brady being notified in May or Ezekiel Elliott, you know, a couple weeks into July, uh, the league is taking its sweet time in sort of handing down violations of the personal conduct penalty. So, you know, Fitzpatrick, I mean, very well, whoever the quarterback is behind Jameis will maybe count it on to start the season. And that that may have also kind of forced I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Their hand. I mean, I don't know what Ryan's market was. I think he did decide he wanted to play, and it's conceivable somebody else, you know, may have bid for him had he had he gotten out there into free agency, and they wanted to head that off. Um, but you're talking about, you know, counting on a guy week one, and that's sort of a different deal. And you know, if Ryan Griffin has never played, are you comfortable even if he wins the job, or you think he looks as good? you know, turning it over to him for the first three or four weeks of the season if, you know, Jameis Winston somehow gets suspended. So 
I think they feel comfortable with Fitzpatrick, certainly in the short term. And he now has a whole year of experience in Dirk Cutter's system. He's familiar with the players around him. I mean, all those were things that were unknowns last year and were sort of a work in progress, and yet he still managed to win football games. So Ryan Fitzpatrick is your backup quarterback, and here we go. All the Bucs fans are unhappy. It's so funny. It's like every guy they keep that was on the team from last year, whether it was Chris Conte, especially Chris Conte, Josh Robinson, uh, DeMar Dotson, no one seemed to have a problem with them re-signing him, and now Ryan Fitzpatrick's like, oh, Great. So there's just no changes at all. It's the same team. So and the Glennon mob think, is not happy. No, they got to be upset, don't you think? I mean, they were all, I got them all geeked up. I mean, I was like, yeah, Mike Glennon, Mike Glennon, he could come back, you know, and they could pay him $8 million. And, you know, then it's like, wah, wah, wah. yeah, here comes, here comes Ryan Fitzpatrick. Sorry. Yeah, the Glennon mob's not going to be happy. I'm kind of interested to see where Mike goes. I don't, I don't know that he's going to get a chance to compete as a starter, but I suppose I, I seem to find more quarterbacks than there are openings this year. It just seems that way to me. Because then you add the four guys that are going to be drafted. Now, they might not all be ready to play week one. Like, you know, if you draft Josh Allen coming from Wyoming, who's kind of inaccurate anyway, you might not be ready to just throw him into the fire. And you add in um, guys like A.J. McCarron, who's a backup that is now a free agent. and He's anything. going to Cleveland, probably going to start, yeah. yeah. You know, there's there's a lot of those guys. I mean, they just are. I mean – Nick Foles is probably going to get traded somewhere, don't you think? I mean, I can't. I mean, I can't imagine that somebody wouldn't give Philadelphia a first-round pick for Nick Foles. You know, somebody's offered him a second already, but I, I obviously think they they deserve well, more than but that. Th- there's also an argument to be made that you know how will Car- Carson Wentz respond from this injury this season? True. And do you keep Foles True. as a backup for that because you're still in well, the he, Super yeah. Bowl window? He has lots of value to them. There's no question about it, and don't forget, Philadelphia is a team that traded Sam Bradford for what? Two number ones, right? The mm-hmm. same franchise Yep. to Minnesota. So if Sam Bradford, who didn't win Squadoosh, you know, in Philadelphia, um, can be traded for a couple of number ones or whatever it was, surely Nick Foles was the MVP of a Super Bowl. Uh, but you're right. You know, I, you know, not knowing exactly uh, how Wentz is going to respond to his knee injury and, you know, whether he'll be – completely healthy that that does that does add a premium to uh to what he's worth but i'm just saying like that's another possibility if you were a team that you know was desperate if you're arizona for example or you're somebody that wants a guy to lock in as a starter for a number of years going forward Foles is an option there just seems to be a lot of veteran quarterbacks this year that might be coming might shake free so it was sort of interesting that the bucks you know were were aggressive and locked up Fitzpatrick before the start of free agency, which is next Wednesday at 4 o'clock. You started this by saying breaking news on the Bucks, and I thought it was that they did not get another player via trade. <laughs> yeah, no, they didn't. And that's that around here, that is breaking news. Aqib Tlaib on the move again from Denver, this time to the L.A. Rams. So, yeah, they missed out on Tlaib for Bucks a fifth fans pick. fire Jason Light, right? That's what they think now? They're all over him. I can't help them anymore. I've spent more time on Twitter. I got to get off it. I got to get off social media. It's not these people are trying to talk them off the ledge, um, you know. And I understand fans, and you know, ten years no playoffs, and you know, heck, even Gerald McCoy about every other day is is saying, you know, why can't we get any players? But you know, God bless him. I get where he's coming from, and the fans. It's just that 
free agency hasn't really begun. And it's not a great free agent class, which might might actually lend to some of this hysteria because they see actually guys that can play being traded versus the ones that are about to hit the market on March 14th that cannot play and are going to get paid anyway. So I understand it. It's just that you can't always control where a player goes. And we don't know what the Bucks may or may not have offered for some of these guys like Michael Bennett and others. And we also don't know that, you know, whether those teams, given more than one offer that they were maybe happy with, didn't go to their player like Michael Bennett and say, where do you want to go? I got Philly or Tampa, you choose. So, you know, that could happen too. It's just that right now, yeah, Jason Light's not scoring very high on the uh, Q rating among Bucks fans by, you know, re-signing Ryan Fitzpatrick, although I understand it. I don't think it's a horrible idea. It's just what they've decided to do. Before we get to the lightning, I want to tell you about a special offer from Audible.com. Sign up now and get a free 30-day trial membership. That's a $15 value, and as a listener to this show, you'll get a free audiobook. Just go to audibletrial.com, that's A-U-D-I-B-L-E trial.com slash sportsday to take advantage of this deal. That's audibletrial.com slash sportsday for a free 30-day trial membership and a free audiobook. But if you want to speak about a team that uh, is winning and everybody is excited about, that's your Tampa Bay Lightning. They win again, although this time, Steve, you didn't have to have extra hockey. No, for the first time in seven games, uh, the Lightning won in regulation. Uh, so they beat the Rangers 5-3, to three, dominated the first period, uh, up 2 nothing. was up 5-1 to one after two periods, and then they really took their foot off the gas in the third period. That's kind of what they do, isn't it? I mean, for a minute there, I'm thinking, well, wait a minute. Are they going to do this again? Are they going to, like, give up four goals? Yeah, I mean, they've kind of done that. Although tonight it it never really felt like the game was in doubt. It didn't feel like it was in doubt. They were – the Rangers, I wouldn't say dominated the third period, but had a lot more opportunities. You know, it was kind of one of those – they just took their foot off the gas. New York didn't even have a shot, I guess – it started like seventeen first to eleven. Nothing first shots, eleven yeah. minutes, first yeah. eleven minutes or something. like the that. The Lightning were up like seventeen nothing in shots at one point. The first period ended twenty-one to five in favor that's of the crazy. shots. Yeah, I guess that's good though from a defensive standpoint. They didn't make Vasilevsky work very hard, at least tonight. And I guess that's good uh, if you've been reading Joe Smith and why wouldn't you in the Tampa Bay Times? He had a story on on how Vasilevsky's admitted that he's dealing with some mental and, and some physical fatigue because this. I mean, he's been pushed. He got his 40th win today or uh, ties, yesterday. Ties I guess, a franchise um, record set by Ben Bishop three years ago. And there's a few games left. I mean, they're 47, 17, and four. I guess um, you know they've 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 not lost in their eight last they have 14 eight games. games left. Nine games, 14 left. So he so he so he'll probably play 10 of those maybe. Yeah, I'm guessing he'll sit Saturday versus Montreal. Okay. I'm guessing Louis Domingue will get the start Saturday. Uh, right. Then they play Tuesday night next week, and then they don't play again until Saturday against Boston. So next week they've got uh, – they only have two games next week, really. Um, so he's going to get some days here. He will. And then and the Lightning also have a decision on Peter Budai, who's on a conditioning stint this weekend in Syracuse. They'll have to decide whether they want to keep him and send Deming back or keep Deming up once Budai's active and such. So uh, they could carry three goalies if they choose, although Deming then becomes a regular call-up. How about you have a backup goalie off? Where you know you go back and forth between Deming and Budai until you decide who loser leave town, <laughs> and that way you rest Vasilevsky while you're doing it. Uh, you could no? you could do that. Although is that crazy? Is that well, crazy talk? It, it, it is because you don't want Vasilevsky to get out of rhythm. Um, okay. You know, giving him you know too much time off. But the same the other point, you're trying to hold off Boston to keep home 
ice advantage for the first two rounds of the playoffs. Uh, that's so really, true. The, really the whole playoffs at this point. And they're on some kind of a crazy roll, right? Boston yeah, is. Yeah, Boston. They won again on Thursday night, so they're they continue to be six points back of the Lightning, but they have three games in hand. So if you win those three games, you're essentially tied. Now that's assuming you win those three games. But the one thing I know about the Lightning is they're going to win. <laughs> I mean, this team finds a way. It doesn't matter who they seem to play. You know, they come out with the same sort of effort every night, um, and. You know they did to this team what you're supposed to do with what is a bad Rangers team right now in a re total rebuild mode, and they looked a little disinterested early on. Anyway, um, I guess I guess Nemestikov, it was his uh, sort of homecoming tonight mm-hmm. too, right? I thought he played well. I thought he was uh, in the first period for the Rangers. I thought two players played well: uh, Henrik Lundqvist and Vladislav Nemestikov. Those were the mm-hmm. only two players I thought played well for the Rangers in the first period. They got better as the game went on, but. It it, yeah. it didn't seem like a lot of interest from the Rangers in the first period, right? Right, and so they did to him what you're supposed to do, which is bury him early five one, and then end up winning five to three. So the Lightning now will play a, a matinee game on Saturday against Le Habitant. Yeah, second straight week of Saturday matinee game. So hopefully they yeah. realize the game starts at one this week because last week they certainly <laughs> thought it started at two. That's right. He showed up about an hour late there yeah, in the that second first period against period. Philly was not pretty. Oof. Yeah, that was that was the seven to six game that started all this, yes. right? Yeah. Yes. Well, it didn't start yeah. the overtime. Oh, it was, it was in the middle of the overtimes, but yeah, crazy, crazy stuff. Well, it was exciting to see uh, the Lightning win again, and a lot. Boy, we got a busy weekend in sports. We'll be talking all about all of it on Monday, just to uh, wrap up the USF men's basketball season. Uh, they lose to Memphis by two, but they finish with uh, 10 wins, three conference wins, which is somewhat unprecedented around these parts. Pretty good first year, I guess you'd say, for Brian Gregory, right? Considering he pretty much had no players when the season started. I mean, he, he's got several grad transfers on this team just to, to fill up the roster to have players to play. Um, not a bad mm-hmm. start for him. Um, you know, his conference play started. Most people were predicting they wouldn't win a conference game. They ended up winning three, including their last two regular season games. Not so, bad. So not bad. Something to build on. That's what they needed. And then you got the Firestone Grand Prix in St. Petersburg all weekend. We mentioned the Lightning playing uh, Montreal on Saturday afternoon. And then it's Selection Sunday. Yeah, college basketball well. all weekend with the conference championships uh, going on this weekend. So in Selection Sunday, yeah. Sunday night. Yeah. We'll unveil so your bracket you. Sunday night on the podcast, right? <laughs> it's, that's right. Who do I got in the Northeast all or six, the Midwest? All 67 games. Yes, and I want you. And then we'll have the play-in game in Dayton, Ohio, as well. Well, they have four we'll of them talk, there now, so we'll talk about that. That way, we might have to do an hour and a half special hour and a half selection Sunday broadcast. Yeah, we do, do a live broadcast from Dayton for that. What do you think? <laughs> no one. This is what we said before we were talking. No one cares about your brackets or your fantasy football team, unless you're in the fantasy league, and yeah. then I do care. Or unless you're in my bracket pool, and you know I got money on the That's line true. against you. Yeah, it's all about gambling. Somebody asked the other day when I was doing uh, TV for uh, Spectrum about um, with all the scandals in college basketball, you know, and playing paying players. Oh my goodness, that that shouldn't happen, right? And the one and done's like, has March Madness lost its its sort of is you know its sheen? Like is is the buzz off March? It's like no, because everybody's gambling on March Madness. That's that's the same thing that the NFL thrives on. No, of course it's going to be just as popular. Because I think there's as much money almost placed on that as there is any time of the year, right? I see stories every year, and I believe it's still true, but this coming Wednesday will be the day that, that the most vasectomies are performed what? this year. 
the Wednesday before March Madness, every year there's more vasectomies. Is that true? Because you have to sit on the couch for three or four or five days and do <laughs> oh, nothing. Man. And so, I just so you? you do it during March Madness because at noon till one a.m. you got games for Thursday and Friday, Listen, Saturday, Sunday. There's a lot of reasons. There's a lot of reasons to watch March Madness and, and to try to make an excuse for not leaving your couch. That's a very that's a harsh way to get it done. Well, if just, but if you're going to get it done, take advantage. No, I understand. Don't, don't pick a day when all that's on is days of our lives. I mean, pick a day. Well, when, yeah, no. but it's like, hey, honey, I got I, I got I got to sit on the couch all weekend. Look what just happened to me. I don't know. It seems every, seems every year harsh. you see news stories that it, that's the day of the year that the most <laughs> vasectomies are performed. Only Steve Versnick could come up with that stat. Thanks for that. We appreciate it. Well, thanks for listening. As always, we want your feedback. We want to uh, communicate with you, get your uh, questions, if we can answer any of those, or just your comments. You can reach us on Twitter, at SportsDayTB. You can reach me, at NFL Stroud, or always uh, in the email department uh, at com. And we want them to rate and review. Steve, where do they get this podcast if they want to do that? Anywhere where you're listening to this. So whether it's iTunes or you get it from Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, uh, it's on SoundCloud or, of course, TampaBay.com slash sports. The latest episode is always there. Crazy, crazy busy weekend in sports. We'll talk about it all on Monday. See you then, everybody. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. Mm. 